Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Well, happy now to go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. It's time again for our May edition of the Sports Medicine Journal. It's proudly presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. We are joined by Dr. Michael Wright. He's an orthopedic surgeon for Missoula Bone and Joint. And, Doc, how you been? How's things? Things are good. Thanks for having me back. I know we are now enjoying some of these sports that are played outside or competing outside, and that's been awesome. I was down in Ogden, Utah last weekend for the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships. One of my favorite uh, things to cover each and every year. It's a, an awesome display of athleticism. I love the, di- the diversity of athletes. But unfortunately, a, a lot of times on this uh, segment, we are talking about common sports injuries. And there's a variety of injuries that can come up from track and field because it is uh, such a high training level. There's a variety of different movements, some of them sort of unnatural. So I, I guess, Doc, probably... In high-impact sports like football, you're going to see the most catastrophic, so to speak, injuries. And uh, you know, other sports, they come with their, their common injuries. But track, there's probably the biggest variety of, of common injuries, so to speak, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one thing that's unique about track and field is, uh, you know, you have sprinters, you have mid-distance, you have long-distance, you have throwers, and, you know, really it's more each event uh, kind of has its own type of injuries that occur specific to that event. So with track and field, we really do see the whole, the whole gamut of injuries. Let's start with hamstrings because hamstring is a, a big one, especially when it comes to running, and it seems like there's a variety of incremental versions of a hamstring injury anything from a tweak to a severe pull so then like i did once upon a time this is actually such a silly story on my part once upon a time an early march softball game i tore my hamstring completely off the bone because because i didn't warm up right i went out there and sprinted to first base and boom there it went rolled all the way up my leg and it was horrible it wasn't a complete tear i didn't need surgery but it was uh it was not good it was one of the worst injuries i've ever had but that's that's not uncommon, right? I mean, the, the severity of a hamstring injury it varies across the board. But when it's bad, it could be catastrophic. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you stated it perfectly. I mean, whenever I think about hamstring, I just think about a big spectrum uh, of injuries. You know, it can be something that's extremely minor all the way to something that's extremely severe, uh, even necessitating surgery. And, you know, when you think about hamstring injuries, you, you know, one easy way to think about it is going back to the anatomy itself and thinking about what is a hamstring. And a hamstring is a big muscle that has a tendon on both ends, and it is really a huge structure. You know, when we reconstruct ACLs, we use the hamstring sometimes because it is so big and we can fold it up to build a new ACL. But the hamstrings run down the back of the leg. They start up on the pelvis where they originate as a tendon, and then they turn into a muscle belly in the back of the leg. And then as they insert onto the proximal medial tibia, they also they insert as a tendon. So it's a structure that goes from tendon to muscle then back to tendon again. And and the, the implications of that from an injury standpoint is we see the most common injuries with hamstrings at where the muscle is turning into a tendon. That's the most common thing. So that's going to be low posterior thigh and also high posterior thigh. And when people have an injury at that level, it almost never needs surgery. You know, whenever the muscle belly is involved, as we've talked about before, there's blood supply, there's ability to heal uh, when the muscle is involved. You know, where you're running the problems with hamstring injuries is when you injure the tendinous portion, which is fortunately quite a bit more rare. And the really the indication for surgery with hamstring injuries is when the hamstring completely avulses off the bone. And the the main one, and I see a couple a couple of these a year probably that I have to fix, is when the hamstrings pull off of the pelvis. Uh, high up which would be pain really high up in kind of the deep buttock region and these are the people you see classic example is a water skiing injury where they feel a huge pop and then they have bruising down the whole back of their leg and that's when the the hamstrings completely tear off of the pelvis and then they're retracted often uh, several centimeters and so the operative repair of those is to is to reattach the hamstring back down to the pelvis uh, bone uh, similar to what we do for for other tendinous injuries such as rotator cuff uh, or achilles but yeah, that's kind of a long-winded answer to your your question about hamstring injuries but you know the age-old treatment of rice rest ice compression elevation really goes a long way with with uh, most hamstring injuries um and the mechanism by which uh athletes usually tear them is exactly what you said it's usually athletes that are not well conditioned not well warmed up uh who go out and try to eccentrically load their leg quickly and what that means is their muscles are contracting as they're getting longer that's called an eccentric contraction and that's the classic mechanism that's described uh, by how a hamstring gets injured. But uh, this is something that is you know, can take a long time to heal. It's frustrating for athletes. They they often heal slower than anyone would like, and it's really important to treat it appropriately the first time, so you don't keep having setback after setback as you try to rehab from it. I've known a lot of guys that have done uh, track and field and also football that. It seems like once, if you're a, a really muscle-bound, for lack of a better word, a really buff guy, a lot of times when you pull it, then all of a sudden it's going to be an issue forever. I mean, it seems like I, I knew guys that they would go, you know, years between retweaking it, but it would almost always come back around. Why do you, Why is it that with hamstrings that it seems to linger uh, for so long? Well, I think part of the reason for that that kind of re-injury cycle that you 
just mentioned is that when they do heal, they don't really heal normally per se. They often heal as somewhat of a scarred tissue structure. Uh, you know, the fact they can heal is a good thing, but it's not normal. It's never normal again. You're always going to have some scar tissue at that myotendinous junction where the muscle turns into a tendon. And, you know, it's going to be a, a site that's just predisposed, uh, unfortunately, to re-injury because of the way it healed. It'll never heal, you know, 100% normal. That's fascinating. Okay, so then when, by the way, Dr. Michael Wright joining us. It is our uh, Sports Medicine Journal presented by Missoula Bone and Joint here in Missoula. Dr. Wright is an orthopedic surgeon at Missoula Bone and Joint. How severe does an injury have to be to require surgery? Is, is it only predicated on a tear or is there a surgery that can help a, a severe pull? Or how do you go about in terms of if and when somebody needs to go actually onto the surgery table? Well, the real indication for surgery is when you have those great big uh, three tendon tears from the pelvis that retract. You know, we're, we're almost never doing surgery on lower level hamstring injuries that are more strains, again, at that muscle tendon uh, interface. It's, it's extremely rare to pull the hamstring completely off the tibia, but that does happen occasionally, and that requires surgery. So, you know, I would say 90-plus percent of hamstring injuries can be successfully managed uh, non-operatively. There's, there's a good body of literature on how to manage these conservatively, everything from rice up to kind of more novel techniques. You'll hear a lot about the pros getting PRP injections into their hamstrings. Uh, they'll get corticosteroid injections to try to accelerate the rehabilitation. Uh, the evidence really isn't quite there yet. You know, on PRP, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, may or may not help. That's where you take someone, a sample of someone's blood and then you spin it down in a centrifuge and harvest the growth factors from it and then inject that into the the zone of injury and it's been studied pretty extensively all over the body but that's a very used very very liberally uh in in collegiate and especially professional athletes as prp injections which is something they try to do uh for hamstring injuries um but again no evidence that it truly accelerates the recovery but theoretically makes a lot of sense deliver growth factors to the site of of injury to try to expedite uh, the recovery uh but the main thing with hamstring injuries is you just got to let them heal right the first time you got to not try to return to sport too soon or you'll just get into that vicious cycle of of re-injury partial healing re-injury partial healing uh which is not a good place to be for an athlete trying to get back to sport no question it's our sports medicine journal with dr michael wright from missoula bone and joint we do this once a month we're talking track and field specifically hamstring injuries but doc pivoted we talked about labral injuries specifically uh labrums within the shoulders and the hips a couple months ago and by the way you can find all of our interviews both on the missoula bone and joint website as well as on our station website 1029 espn missoula we have them in our podcast but we also have them in an independent podcast tab there as well so please go check those out if you want to learn about some of the other stuff we've talked about but it seems to me doc that labral injuries would probably be pretty uh, significant and common in the throwers like the hammer throwers the discus throwers javelin things like that so uh, is that true is that sort of the, the main affliction for the field athletes Absolutely. Yeah. Shoulders can be very, very problematic for those throwers that are doing repetitive over and over and over uh, the same type motion. So labrums can be very, very problematic. Uh, Javelin uh, throwers often have have rotator cuff uh, issues. 
as well, just based upon the, the nature of that uh, specific sport. But yeah, for, for all the throwers, we worry a lot about shoulders. We worry about instability of the shoulder. We worry about labrums. Again, we've talked about the labrum being a stabilizing structure in the shoulder. Um, also, ACL injuries, not to go back to the, the common uh, ACL injury, but we see that pretty frequently in javelins too. There's something about that landing, a slightly bent knee, and that pivot um, that, that predisposes them uh, to that type of injury as well. So, you know, track and field really is unique. You know, we really see very specific injury patterns with each of the different uh, sporting events. We will continue to address pertinent sports topics, pertinent injuries, and pertinent recovery regimens each and every month. With our Sports Medicine Journal, proudly presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. Dr. Michael Wright joining us. And, Doc, we appreciate it. It'll be baseball season next month. It still kind of is baseball season now, but it'll be harder baseball season next month. So maybe we'll talk some Tommy John surgery because I know that's one that's been in the lexicon for quite some time. But we appreciate the time today. Thanks so much, and uh, be well in the meantime. Okay. Thanks for having me, Coulter. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.